may make use of copyright material, the use of which has not always been specifically authorized by the copyright owner. This constitutes a fair use of any such copyright material as provided for in Section 107 of the U.S. Copyright Law. In accordance with Title 17 U.S.C. Section 107, the material on this channel is offered, is offered publicly and without profit to the public users of the internet for comments and non-profit educational and informational purposes. Copyright Claire under Section 107 of the Copyright Act 1976 allows its made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, and research. Fair use is a use permitted. No copyright is our claim. The content is broadcast for study, research, and educational purposes. The broadcast contains no profit from broadcast content, so it falls under fair use www.copyright.gov. Hello, my lovely loyal listeners. It's just Miss Rose. And today's episode of As the Massage Table Turns is being brought to you on Friday, January 27, 2023. It is my favorite day of the week. Friday. Oh my God, yes. And you know, we had a snowstorm the other day and it has not gone away. It's been freezing, freezing extra cold today. But that's not going to stop us from doing our podcast. And I have to give, you know, I was going to give a round of applause to Friday, but I'm going to give this round of applause to you. I love you for listening. We'll be right back after this brief pause for the quaz. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of my fabulous sponsors or advertisers. Any content provided by our bloggers or authors are of their own opinions and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. This disclaimer was brought to you by DisclaimerTemplate.com. All right, my lovely loyal listeners, we are back, and it's Saturday. (laughs) I I did my intro yesterday, and I was trying to pick a subject, and I got sidetracked, and I started watching the movie, (laughs) and then... Subsequently, the movie made me tired. (laughs) So I ended up going to bed ridiculously early. So now I'm up ridiculously early for a Saturday. We're expecting more snow. It's freezing. So I'm just going to go on ahead and finish my Friday episode. of As the Massage Table Turns. And we'll be right back after this brief pause for the cause (laughs) with today's exciting episode of As the Massage Table Turns. Did I tell you I love you for listening? I love you for listening. We will be right back. I promise it'll be Saturday (laughs) again. Oh, did I tell you it's Saturday, January 28th, the last Saturday of January 2023. We'll be right back. Loyal listeners, we are back and we are on the website linkedin.com and this article by Dan Drew Cruda Director, Account-Based Marketing at AlphaSense is titled, 
why being too humble is a bad thing. No one likes a show off. Arrogance can push people away and make it difficult for others to like you. Having confidence is important to have, but being cocky can definitely get beneath people's skin. So we're taught to be humble and let our actions do the talking. What have you been able to accomplish and how you influence the people around you will always speak louder than words. But is it possible to be too humble? Humility is a virtue, but can you have too much of it? Based on my own personal experiences throughout not only my professional and college careers, but my life in general, I've learned that the following are reasons why being too humble is a bad thing. People will underestimate you. Probably the most direct effect of being too humble is that your peers will underestimate you. If nobody hears about what great things you have done or what promising projects you're working on, they may assume that you are just not doing anything significant. Of course, not everyone makes false assumptions, but there are also many people who do, and they will judge your abilities based on what you have shown or told others. Solution? Showcase yourself. There have been times in one of the student organizations I am a part of where I have applied for multiple officer positions but didn't get chosen for anything. I knew it wasn't due to my skill set because I was confident enough that I would be able to fulfill the duties at hand, but there lay the problem. Only I knew I was capable of doing the job. No one else did. No one in that organization really knew what I was capable of because I never talked about myself or showcased my skills to them. Show people what you can do or what you have accomplished. That way, you are not overlooked when it comes to new opportunities. Your skills and accolades will go unnoticed. People will not be able to acknowledge your skill set or be aware of what you have accomplished if you're too busy. If you're busy. (laughs) Y'all, I got into this article. People will not be able to acknowledge your skill set or be aware of what you have accomplished if you're being too humble about your business. If you do not say anything or at least show people what you're capable of, then your talents will go unnoticed. If your talents go unnoticed, then the only other direction an outsider's perspective will conclude to is that you have limitations. In high school, I played varsity basketball for two years, but I never really felt like I was able to show my coach and team what I was really made of. My teammates knew I deserved more recognition based on my performance in practice, but I went about my business quietly and never felt the urge to say anything. Solution, speak up. 
During my last couple of games of my senior year, I began getting more playing time because I was a sharp shooter, consistently hitting three-point shots. I also had a one-on-one conversation with my coach, telling him that I was confident in my skills and that I could bring value to the team. I not only showcased my skills to him, but I also spoke up for myself and let him know that I was worthy of this of his trust. Don't be too modest of your skills and do not belittle what you're capable of. Sometimes the solution to a problem is as simple as tooting your own horn. If you don't, how do you expect others to do so? You'll end up being a follower rather than a leader. Being overly humble can result in you becoming a follower rather than a leader. Constantly being soft-spoken, letting others dictate decisions with your, with, wait a minute, letting others dictate decisions with their input or not fully utilizing your capabilities to provide value can all lead to you taking a back seat. The individuals who are willing to speak up, prove to people what they can do, or show others what they have achieved will ultimately be the ones to lead and continue to strive. Solution? Seize opportunities to lead and teach. In my freshman year of college, I was content to be another person to do as I was told in group pro- in group projects. I feared that my peers would deride my contributions or that they were more adequate than I was. So I never took initiative to lead discussions, contribute my ideals, or allocate tasks. Consequently, the projects would be mediocre at best. It bugged me because I felt like I understood what it took to provide proficient work, but I didn't contribute as well as I could have. During the rest of my time in college, I made a concerned effort to leave the group, share my insights, and help my group mates as best as I could with my own knowledge. They trusted me because of my credibility my test scores, the way I introduced my ideas, my advice, how involved I was on campus, etc. Don't let let humility chain you down to mediocrity. Conclusion. Like I mentioned earlier, no one likes a show-off or arrogance. We tend to enjoy the company of those who are genuine and humble. But what I personally have found interesting and challenging is the balance between being humble and being too humble. Finding that fine line between modesty and being overly presumptuous is a phenomenon that varies for all of us. However, do not allow the concept of being humble set you up to be overlooked. There is no shame in reminding people what you're good at, what you've accomplished, and ultimately what sets you apart from everyone else. Okay? And we want to thank Dandrew Cruda for their wonderful article, Why Being Too Humble is a bad thing. And we'll be right back. (laughs) 
I love you for listening. We'll be right back after this brief pause for the cause on As the Massage Table Turns. Did I tell you I love you for listening? I love you for listening. It's time for Dictionary Definition of the Day. Today's Dictionary Definition Word of the Day brought to you by dictionary.cambridge.org is underestimate. It's a verb to fail to guess or understand the real cost, size, difficulty, etc. of something. Underestimate. And we'll be right back. All right, my lovely loyal listeners, we are back and we are on the website scienceofpeople.com and this article is titled 11 Steps to Never Be Underestimated Again. It's under this self-improvement tab. Do people underestimate you? I've had this problem ever since I was a kid. Here are my 11 steps to get over underestimation and become indispensable. This was written by Vanessa Van Edwards. A recent study by Cigna found that 27% of Americans rarely or never feel like they are people who under, there are people who understand them. Are you one of those 27% who feel underestimated? I'm here to give you the steps to stop feeling underestimated and become indispensable once and for all. In this guide, you will learn why people underestimate you and why you may underestimate yourself. The three golden rules for becoming indispensable. What to do when people underestimate you and how to use underestimation to your advantage. Let's dive in. Step one, do you underestimate yourself? The first step in your journey to becoming indispensable is to realize that, realize the why of being underestimated with science, of course. Here's why you might be underestimating yourself or being underestimated by others. You're not getting enough feedback. Are others reaffirming how well you're doing? Science says feedback matters. In one study, people performed tasks equally well when given feedback or not. 
However, those who were left in the dark actually underestimated their abilities. We constantly need an influx of feedback. If you're not giving it, go looking for it. The liking gap. Stranger bias is when we meet someone and automatically assume they don't like us. This makes us think they've underestimated us, but in reality, science says otherwise. In a study study titled The Liking Gap in Conversations, Yale students came into a lab and had a five-minute conversation with another participant. They rated each other on how much they liked the other person and how much they thought the other person liked them. It turns out we are actually much more likable than we tell ourselves. The liking gap doesn't only apply to strangers, but personal relationships as well. Phew, this one should be a relief if you're neurotic like me. It's all an illusion. Do you know Dunning and Kruger? Those are the same researchers who came up with the Dunning-Kruger effect. In another study, they surveyed undergrad students and asked them a series of questions about grammar, logic, and jokes. They then asked the students to score themselves. Interestingly, the students who overestimated their score actually scored the lowest. And for the students who underestimated themselves, they actually scored the highest. This study shows that the best performers may actually underestimate themselves. Action step. Start a success file. Your success file is a collection of all of your strengths, capabilities, and successes. These include kind emails, recommendations or endorsements, nice comments, letters, and thank you notes. Every time you look at your success file, it should make you feel powerful and confident. This is your groundwork to never be underestimated. Step two, be a giver. I was walking down the street one day when I ran into a street busker. But unlike the others who did it for money, this one was different. He was singing and playing his guitar and having the time of his life. You couldn't help but see the happiness radiate from his voice and energy. He was singing, don't worry, be happy, just like in this video. There's a video that we're not going to be playing. He was a giver, and seeing him put a bright smile on my face. The thing is, all indispensables are givers. They give without expecting anything in return. They give gifts, their talents, and their unique skills to others. Science shows there are a host of great benefits to giving. If you're, under, if you're underestimated, giving to others helps build social connections. When you give, social exchange happens. You're no longer taking, taking, taking. This leads to greater cooperation and a higher feeling of being indispensable. The giving loop. When you give, people give in return. 
giving is literally contagious. And when people want to give to you, it's hard for them to underestimate you. I know it might be hard to give to others who underestimate you, but this is a crucial step towards being indispensable. Action step. Think about how you can give more. Get rid of that scarcity mindset. How can you give to people in your office, your friends and family? This is a crucial step to shift your mentality and offer value. Number three, I mean, step three, embrace the naysayers. There were once four young men from Liverpool who went to an audition at the record company DECA in London, but they were ultimately rejected. The group was even told that guitar groups are on the way out. Time time passed by, and the owner of that label, Dick Rowe, realized he made a huge mistake. He later became known as the man who turned down the Beatles. Now, here's a thought experiment. What if the Beatles had listened to that to those naysayers? What if you listened to those naysayers? You'll never be good enough. You can't run a mile because you're too fat. You're so awkward, you make Urkel look charismatic. Would you listen to them and vanish into obscurity or be like the Beatles and win? The key to dealing with people underestimating you is to not ignore them, but embrace your naysayers. I call these naysayers dream killers, poke holes, ask hard questions, and doubt you compared to dream builders who who cheer you on. But you know what? Sometimes that is helpful. I want feedback to get better. I want to improve myself. I want to know where my holes are. So I save my dream killers for when I'm ready to look for improvements. I treat them like free career career coaches. I treat them like free career coaches. Yes, free, F-R-E-E, free. When I was first starting up my business, so many people told me I couldn't make it. But that fueled me to make science of people even greater. Action step. Think of the 10 people you interact with the most. Are they dream killers or dream builders? You can't avoid all the dream killers, but leverage them to your advantage. Avoid them during your creative stages and seek out their criticism when you're feeling resilient. They can truly help you grow and make you stronger. If you're feeling angry, I want you to channel that energy. Find that anger. Find that drive and use it to your advantage. Want to learn how? Read on the ultimate list of emotions and how to control them. But we're not going to read that one. Step four. Increase your confidence. According to NBC News, 85% of people suffer from low self-esteem. This this means we need to make some changes. If you want to stop people from underestimating underestimating you, show them that you have the confidence all the way through. Now, it's going to be super hard to change your confidence in one go, but I'm going to share with you my favorite tip. Quests. A quest is a project or journey with a clearly defined goal. 
This can include finding, building, creating, sharing. All of these must involve a goal. Having a goal and tackling it is a huge confidence booster. Action step. Start a quest. I want you to pick one goal or one big thing to do. This could be building a garden, learning a new language, or something productive. But the key is that it has to be quantifiable and measurable, something you can finish. I want you to complete it in the next month. Think of the steps, your deadlines, and everything, and tag me on Twitter or Instagram because I want to support you on your quest. When you are working on something, it makes us more interesting and engaged. And when you finally finish it off, you get a boost of confidence. And when you're feeling down on your quest, which you most likely will, try following some of these helpful tips. Number one, look back. Yes, look back at what you have achieved so far. Not everyone can do what you do as well as you can do it. Often people fail to realize that there are things that only they could have done. Did you go to a networking event? Play a rad board game? Add a new stamp to your collection? Amazing. You do you. Two, practice and set goals. With progress, you will get better at what you do. Maybe it is small progress, but it's meant to increase your confidence and help you grow, even if it's little by little. Setting short-term goals also helps. If you're a writer, set a time in the day when you will just write. Increase your word count and vocabulary. If you're a musician, learn a song that you feel is difficult and takes time doing so. You guys, look at this. We are running out of time, so I'm going to have to speed this up. And I'm just going to get the rest of these bullet points. Hype yourself up. Talk to yourself positively. Number four, believe in those who believe in you. Number five, take a break. Step five, stop people pleasing. Are you a natural born people pleaser? Common signs of people pleasing include you feel anxious when people are mad at you. You say yes to events and parties you don't feel like going to. You force laughter in conversations. You feel hesitant to give your own opinion. Action step. For the next seven days, I want you to stop apologizing. Only apologize when you're wrong, not when you set your boundaries. For more anti-people-pleasing tips, head on over to my ultimate guide on people-pleasing or watch the video below to get over people-pleasing. Step six. Learn your smart phrases. A smart phrase is a clear statement, question, or comeback you say when someone underestimates you. Just like a conversation starter, it's something you keep in your back pocket and say whenever the opportunity strikes. Action step. Find ways, find ways people underestimate you and write down your smart phrases. Make sure you are still polite and kind when saying them. Remember, stand your ground when you say these phrases. A little verbal judo works especially well with added humor. And whatever you do, avoid lashing out at all costs. This just makes things worse in my experience. If you're having trouble thinking of what to say, I highly suggest upping your conversation skills. Step seven, stay calm and move on. Do you remember the last time you were underestimated? Maybe it hurt you badly. Experiments have revealed that witnessing rude behaviors actually decreases citizenship behaviors and increases dysfunctional ideation. In other words, rude people who underestimate you spread negativity. 
action step. Rude people aren't worth your time. Here are a few pointers to help you deal with rude people and remain calm and collected like Gandhi. Try to avoid people who underestimate you. Do not let them get to your head. Do not force them to change. Flash them your sweetest smile. Number Step eight, stay humble. Oh, my God. Okay, I have a confession to make. I used to love the cooking competition show MasterChef. Let me take you back to season four. No. Luca, simply stay humble and continue cooking. Action steps. What are the ways you can use being underestimated to your advantage? What are the things you can get away with? What surprises can you pull out? Use this to your advantage. Step nine, focus on yourself. It is fairly obvious that the suggestions given in this article mainly focus on one person, you. Action step. Take out a pen and paper and make two lists. On the first list, write down the skills you wish you had. (laughs) It can be, they gave a bunch of examples. It can even be things like how to speed read or build good habits. If you can't think of anything right away, take a breather and get back to it. For your second list, I want you to list your desired people skills. This could mean having a good conversation, making a great first impression, being able to negotiate, being a better salesperson, having great video calls. Step 10, always be learning. Now I want you to take that list from the above step and try to master it. I want you to make learning a priority. Here's my challenge. From your skill list, pick one technical skill and social skill. Learn about it over the next week and try your best to master it in the next 60 days. This works because people constantly underestimate others who are stagnant and not moving. Step 11, the three golden rules of being indispensable. Hey you, I've got something to tell you. You are amazing. But don't take my word for it. If you're here reading this, then chances are you really are a go-getter and are working hard to improve yourself. Yay! But maybe you're not being valued for your time, money, or effort. Maybe people just don't seem to get who you are. Luckily, there are three key principles that once learned can make you absolutely indispensable with your friends at work and even in your relationships. Sounds good? Here are the three golden rules for being being indispensable. Persistence. Fearlessness. And selflessness. Remember these rules and you will go a long way to not be underestimated. I'd love to hear your own story of being underestimated. How did it make you feel? Let me know in the comments below, which we're not going to do, because this is the last article in today's episode of As the Massage Tape Turns from scienceofpeople.com, 11 Steps to Never Be Underestimated Again by Vanessa Van Edwards. Now, the link will be in the description so you can go back and read what I did not. And on that note, I want to take a moment and thank you again for your lovely, loyal listenership. I truly appreciate you choosing to listen and support my podcast. I do really love you for listening. Now, you know the rules. Don't, do not let anybody take you from your square. You know, like if this was a chessboard and they got to move you around on the chessboard, you got to move on your terms. Don't move on somebody else's terms. You move because you want to move. You don't move because somebody else 
wants to move you. You're not a puppet. You're not a puppet. You don't got no batteries in your back, okay? So, and remember something. You're the only you in the entire universe, and nobody is doing a better job of being you than you. Don't let people underestimate you, and don't be too humble because you're not a doormat, all right? So, we will talk with you again on Monday when we'll be back on track, we hope, <laughs> uh, for Monday's episode of As the Massage Tip Turns. Please support my sister podcast, Just Miss Rose. And this is Just Miss Rose for As the Massage Tip Turns. We are out. Enjoy your weekend and have a fabulous week ahead. And we'll talk with you again on Monday. Did I tell you I love you for listening? I truly love you for listening. And we'll talk with you again on Monday. Have a great weekend. Bye.